This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. I'm Mark Fisher. I'm a partner at Dwayne Morris in its Boston office, and I'm also a lecturer at Suffolk University Law School, where I co-teach the advanced copyright course. There is a bill in Congress now. Senator Schumer, Charles Schumer of New York, is the leading light. For this, it's called the Innovative Design Protection and Piracy Prevention Act. Historically, in the United States, fashion design is not protected. In other words, the latest gowns that are seen on the red carpet at the Oscars, the copycats can watch on TV and try to make the gowns as soon as possible and copy them as closely as possible. And there really is zero protection for that. They can't steal the trademarks, but they can copycat the clothing design completely under U.S. law right now. There's just no protection for clothing designs. There are really two points of view in this legislation. One is that we protect lots of creativity and innovation through our intellectual property law. That's what intellectual property law is all about. It's incentivizing people to create and give them some reasonable protection so that they have a monopoly over their work. Their creativity can't be stolen. At the same time, it's hard to argue completely that the fashion design is is creative. Of course it's creative. It has huge bursts of energy. Some people say, and there's some merit to this, that if we provide intellectual property protection under this or similar law, that we will actually inhibit creativity. Why? Because the lack of protection forces this kind of shock of the new. In other words, there has to be new fashion design on the runway at the major shows twice a year just to keep ahead, and that if we protect fashion design, there'll actually be a slowdown because the major houses in fashion will have the ability to keep away competitors and innovation will actually slow down. So there are two points of view as to whether this is a good idea to do or a bad idea. Again, I think the fashion industry is doing pretty well already. In many respects, it's vibrant and creative. To me, it's very much worth consideration for finding some reasonable protection for fashion design because the law does provide protection for other kinds of creativity. But I'll also note that there are other industries that under U.S. law do not enjoy a lot of intellectual property protection. For example, the car industry. There really isn't much protection for automobile industrial designs under U.S. law. There is under the laws of some other countries. But the auto industry has been able to get along sometimes better than at other times without design protection, and so is fashion. So the question really is, is it fair to reward fashion designers who create original designs some reasonable zone of protection under this bill? It would be three years. There'd be no need for registration, and the protection is limited to designs that are really at a unique, distinguishable, non-trivial, non-utilitarian variation over prior designs, quoting the statute. So those are really the issues and the balance of the debate as to whether this is a really great idea or a not-so-really-great idea. Trademark law does not protect a article of clothing. Fabric designs can be protected, but that doesn't protect the cut and design of a garment. It doesn't protect a Chanel dress from being copied by an imitator. It doesn't protect Oscar de la Renta. So the answer is no, trademark's not enough. The industry so far has been getting along with simply intense, constant innovation 
branding in a more general sense that a consumer will want to have a designer dress or other article of clothing. There's another point of view, which is also that we're really talking about two completely different markets, that a customer who shops at Chanel really wants the original Chanel brand, not just the design, and isn't going to go to Canal Street and get a ripoff, and that we're really talking about two markets anyway, that the people looking for a $200 dress are really not the people looking for a $7,500 dress. So you can look at this lots of different ways, and I think there's merit in both positions. But I think trademark law is not enough. The question, rather, is whether simply having fashion houses work very hard to keep ahead and keep changing is enough in the absence of full panoply of intellectual property rights protections. It would protect their hard work and innovation. Is it typical? Well, it's sui generis protection. There is similar kinds of legislation in specific areas. There's a vessel hull protection under the Copyright Act where designs of ship hulls are given limited protection. There's a semiconductor chip protection. So there is some precedent for highly specific industry protection. Not a lot, but there certainly are some precedents for industry-specific protection. As a general proposition, one of the great insights in the 1976 Copyright Act, the last major revision, took effect January 1st, 1978, is that it was medium neutral. In other words, it wasn't so much tied to every particular kind of medium. At the same time, there are specific differences in how works can be created. So I think copyright can be big enough to have general principles that apply as much as possible, but also acknowledge that there is a particular history and particular characteristics for certain kind of works, whether it's software, whether it's semiconductor chips, or whether it's fashion, that there need to be certain provisions that may have to apply in certain circumstances. So in other words, I think copyright can handle both the general and the specific as a policy matter that is often the nature of legislation. You know, we're in an age where would-be owners of intellectual property are pushing the boundaries to get more and more protection. Copyrights, just to name one area of intellectual property, but still is our nation's number one export. American movies, American software, American books are distributed around the world, and it's a huge and important industry and appropriate for Congress to try to protect the works of the copyright industries. Copyright term has been extended there's much criticism of that. At the same time, there is a clear sense by many, academia and elsewhere, that intellectual property protection has gone too far, that the term is too great, that the protections, for example, in the Digital Millennium Copyright Act against anti-circumvention of certain tools to protect against copying has gone too far. So we have these two trends that are a bit in conflict. And the genius is to try to get the balance just right, that to provide appropriate incentives for copyright holders, but not to go so far that individual consumers who are now users of intellectual property, that their appropriate rights to use, play with, and copy works are also taken into account. That's a fairly new concept in copyright law. Up until maybe the 1980s or even later, Copyright was a law to protect creators and publishers, distributors. Consumers really didn't have a seat at the table. Now they do. Consumers used to be readers. Now they're end users. They manipulate. They remix. 
they derivate, they mash up, they do things with works. And so the ability of you and me and everybody else who kind of plays with copyrighted work has changed from just being a passive, I'll read something, um, to I will now do something with that work. So the needs of all of us with these amazing new technologies has changed the rules. So getting the recipe just right, and you asked kind of the Goldilocks question, not too much, not too little, just right. And so we have to get the mixture, the recipe of taking into account the various people at seats at the table just right. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.